Hi, I'm Hallie, and I'm here to welcome you to The Odd Life, that's spelled A-W-E-D, which stands for Awake, Well, and Empowered. You see, I feel that women who are living odd have such important stories that need to be heard so they can inspire us to find our own oddness. I want this to be a space where you come to laugh, cry, feel inspired, and most of all, feel more connected to yourself and the women in this odd life community. I'll be talking with women who are practitioners, authors, experts, entrepreneurs, creatives, coaches, philanthropists, and so many more, as well as doing solo casts to bring you what you need when you need it. No matter where you are on your journey in this life, why not go through it odd AF? Again, I'm your host, Hallie, and this is the Odd Life Podcast. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for asking. Uh, I'm really good because I did not host nor travel last week for the holiday week. If you celebrate Thanksgiving, chances are you either have to do one or the other. You usually travel in some place or you're hosting it at your house and it tends, tends to be a little stressful and chaotic. And uh, I didn't have to do that this year at all. It's just my family, my little family was all together and that was it. Uh, kiddos were home from college and from jobs and we were able to spend some time together and I didn't eat one ounce of turkey. I had, uh, we had filet, we had some rotisserie chicken for those that still wanted some poultry. Uh, we had very little to worry about. It was, it was very nice. Um, but if you had travel and, or you hosted, I hope life has gotten back to normal for you. It's actually why I did not share this episode last week, because I didn't want this conversation to get lost in the shuffle. Um, This conversation is with my friend, Jen Gilhoy. Uh, Jen is someone I met through Modern Well. Yes, I'm mentioning Modern Well once more. I swear it's in every episode. But Jen and I met at Modern Well. There was an event being hosted there, and I drove up to Minneapolis to be part of it and to attend and we just gravitated towards each other. She's into health and fitness and just, uh, she's a mom and, and we just hit it off and I've been following along her journey ever since. And I just felt it was time for you all to meet her. Uh, she's done so many wonderful things, uh, in the time that I've met her. I mean, let alone before that, but we talk about her sobriety journey. We don't uh, dive a ton into it, but it is a pivotal point in her life that has sent her into different directions and have allowed her to do a lot of things we talk about. Uh, We talk about um, the job she created for herself as a company called SparkTrack. And uh, we talk about her journey into entrepreneurship. We talk about how the co-working space Modern Well has impacted her life. We talk about her trip to Mexico for the monarch migration, how she celebrated her 50th birthday she did an amazing TEDx talk uh, recently, and then we talk about all the other projects she's involved in. And I hope you're inspired by her her story to finding herself. Um, again, she's 50, just like myself, and she feels like her life is just beginning. And I hope you can relate to some of the things she talks about and just, to, again, feel inspired to keep living awake, well, and empowered in your daily life. So on to the conversation. Here is my friend, Jen Gilhoy. Welcome, Jen. I'm really excited for you to be here. Thanks for doing the podcast with me. Uh, and like I mentioned the in the intro, Jen and I met through Modern Well, which is a woman's co-working space up in Minneapolis. 
and uh, have been in touch ever since. Uh, so Jen is located in Minneapolis. So Jen, give us a quick intro of who you are, kind of your quick bio, if you don't mind to kind of catch everyone up to speed of what you're doing right now. Yeah. Who you are. Well, first of all, thank you, Hallie, for having me on. And our relationship has been so interesting because we really did connect in person. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, from a distance, we've um, remained in contact via social media and supported each other. And I have no doubt that we'll do some fabulous retreat someday. Um, I think so too. Right. And (laughs) so, yeah. Hi, everyone. So I'm Jen Gilhoy and I have 20 plus years of marketing and communications experience. So I started out uh, in corporate, transitioned to entrepreneurship 10 years ago now. My business, SparkTrack Consulting, is now 10 years old. And that's been Mm -hmm. um, a really cool business to see develop and focus on events, which is, you know, how people are connecting. And I love writing the story and recaps of events. And then I launched my own brand, um, jengilhoy.com, in August of 2021, um, just because I felt like my sobriety journey had reached the point of I need to be out there. And I started to feel this urgency around contributing to the conversation about sobriety in the workplace and just sharing my story. And then what happened was um, January of 2022, attended all of these dry January events and connected with community, which then launched Zero Proof Collective. And I'm so mm-hmm. excited to share that with everyone. And that really is for local here in Minneapolis, St. Paul Um, business-focused people that want to change the non-alcoholic beverages industry. And that has all sorts of legs to it, but that is the core of where we believe we can change some of the perceptions around um, our social spaces and offering, you know, great non-alcoholic beverages everywhere for people who choose not to drink for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So clearly the non-alcoholic space and, and sobriety and all those things are a big part of your life right now and what you're about. Let's go back though a little bit to, to finding out like where this all came from. Obviously you said you've been sober for, was it eight and a half years? Yeah. Just over, yep. Just over eight years, July of uh, 2014. Yeah. So let's back up. And I don't necessarily mean this to be like a sobriety conversation, but I think it's important to the trajectory of your life uh, and where you are now clearly based on all the things you've got going on, but lead us up to a little bit of what life was like before sobriety, kind of what you were doing. You mentioned you were in the marketing and communications world, mm-hmm. corporate kind of corporate America, basically. Yep. Yeah. Raising- so, yes. Yeah, so that whole journey and it's, you know, it's difficult to condense 20 years into a quick yeah. <laughs> summary, but yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I really thought I did all the right things, check the boxes of a four-year university, went to a marketing um, role in an agency where there was a lot of traveling, a lot of events, a lot of drinking, and mm-hmm. just saw like my career path in corporate as being just in all of these spaces and consuming alcohol like it was no big deal. And, mm-hmm. you know, we'd go out to San Francisco for a four day conference and there would be drinking and oh, everyone, you know, get up the next morning, do it again and work hard, play mm-hmm. hard was Mm -hmm. a mantra that I have always embraced. Now it looks different, but at the time, you know, I was, I was an athlete. Like I was working out all the time. I, you know, on the surface appeared to like have it all together and was able to drink heavily. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, that continued through my entire corporate career. And I had um, a 10 year role at an organization where it was a comfortable role for me. In other mm-hmm. words, I, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I was 
pushing myself. And I reached a point where I took a new role in a marketing um, capacity at this you know, agency where it was like a big step in terms of additional responsibility. And for that year, so that's my 39th year leading up to age 40, where it was a year of intense stress in the workplace, which then um, really outlined the progressiveness of the disease of alcoholism. It was like, sure. oh, I'd sort of been managing, didn't you know, get into any trouble or consequences, so to speak, in that 10-year role. But the added stress of this workplace environment, my inability to cope with deadlines and things that kept piling up and looking for escapism literally every day at five o'clock. It was like, you know, that whole cycle. And it just got so bad that last year leading up to my 40th that um, I knew something needed to change, but I, mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I could do it myself. For some mm -hmm. reason, I just didn't feel like I wanted someone else to call it out for me and say, sure. you, need, you know, you need to make a change. And eventually that person was my husband. And, you know, I needed to step away from the corporate space. And I, the cool thing about it is I actually discovered entrepreneurship has always been in my heart and soul. I'm mm -hmm. just like, I had always been taught that, you know, leaders need to be extroverts and you need to have, which I'm more introverted, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Some people don't <laughs> buy that, but you know, yeah. it, it really, I never thought that I could be in business or do anything on the entrepreneurship scale. And then when I reevaluated my life and the work environment I wanted to create, I just felt like I'm going to create a culture of one. And I started yep. there. Yeah. Awesome. So, so going through sobriety, okay, you go through, you go through, did you go through treatment or did you just do an outpatient I, or what did you do? Just 12 steps on your own. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately at the time my husband had very good insurance, but it didn't, um, it wasn't accepted at the outpatient place that I wanted to go to. Okay. And that was devastating. Um, yeah. So I relied on AA solely. Okay. And over Got the it. course of um, about a year and a half, I had, you know, some months strung together of sober time, but also had two what we call returns to use. Sure. Not sure. even relapse, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I did. And those were okay. those were the most painful times. But I, you know, did it really through AA. And then finally, that third time round found an amazing sponsor, which made all the difference. Perfect. And so let's look at the post life then you have now sober. What changes for you? Like when you become sober and all of a sudden life is, looks totally different. You don't have the work environment. You don't have all the, the people that be, you know, I'm guessing friends change. Your coworkers obviously are no longer the people there in your life. Ch share with me a little bit about how your life changes through this process and what it looks like now immediately after. Yeah, well, it was a complete falling apart on in mm -hmm. every aspect of my life. And I didn't know how I would do a sober life. I hadn't really seen it modeled for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for that first year, I was just in deprivation mode. I was like, you know, I know there's probably something into this sober life, but I didn't fully embrace it. Uh, it took me like a year to finally say, I guess I'm doing this thing. And instead of being in a mindset of, you know, not having what everyone else has and the ability to like be in marketing and go to events, like everywhere I turned, it was just like such a prevalent theme. And I just didn't know how I would work through that. And so after about a year, I 
felt like I could open up a little bit. I had some confidence in my entrepreneurship journey, but I was still like what I like to say, very small because alcohol Mm -hmm. was making me small for so long. It was limiting my ability to step into any sort of purpose. Yeah, I totally get that. That Mm -hmm. is something that was a huge shift for me is like realizing how much it took up space in my life and how little I did. Yeah, the true true you Mm -hmm. is like nowhere to be found. Nowhere, nowhere. And even time you'd have like a little inkling of that, like when I took this job at 39, I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm making progress. But then look what happened. It like completely fell apart because it, it wasn't rooted in anything. Yeah, yeah. And so does the spark track, did that start from after that then? And like how long, much longer after sobriety or was it kind of the same time? Same time. And okay. I, yeah, I had one client for about 50% of my time for six months. And I was like, this is mm-hmm. my shot to kind of figure out if entrepreneurship is going to work. So it wasn't, it's like an un- accidental entrepreneur versus, you know, having a real concrete business plan. I mean, my life sure. had just fallen apart. The only thing I knew was I needed to get out of the corporate environment and event space. Yeah. And I was yeah. just piecing. it was toxic for you. Toxic. And I was piecing yeah. together as I went. A yeah. total faith yeah. journey. Yeah. And so spark track again, to revisit what that is, you attend events and you do a lot of content creation and sharing of the event and kind of a recap for these clients and so that they get marketing and exposure and that kind of stuff. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yep. And I love it. I'm doing a lot of writing um, Mm -hmm. and that's always remained true. And then a little bit of social media um, to support that. But yeah, that's the core of spark track. Okay. And then shortly after that, is that when you joined Modern Well? Um, Possibly so, or close to yeah, or a little no, bit on the road? I was actually at another co-working space for probably three or four years. And Modern Well opened just for, it'll be five years coming up in January, yeah. but like they opened their doors January, 2018. I was there yep. because yep. I had experienced other co-working spaces where it just, I wanted that like women entrepreneurship community and totally. I hadn't found that yet. And that, and we can talk about that too, but that made a huge mm-hmm. difference in my trajectory yeah. and, my, <clears throat> and my career. And that's what I was going to say, because I feel like when you have a support system in place, anything feels possible because you're seeing it in other people. You're seeing it modeled. And I, that's what I get when I go to Modern Well. I'm mm-hmm. like, I see all these amazing women. And I, I, I think I, honest to God, I think I've mentioned Modern Well in every <laughs> single freaking episode of this yeah, podcast Julie, at some point. Julie Burton. <laughs> I know it's a touch, it's touched my life so much, but I, I, I reference it a lot because the gift of that space and the gift of those people around you consistently, it means everything. Cause when you don't have people around you modeling, like you said, people aren't modeling it in the workspace as far as like living, you know, working sobriety or whatever. Um, there's not a lot of examples in it, like kind of your everyday world. So you have to seek it out. And I was just going to get into Modern Well and, and what that's done for you and the women you've connected with, like how important has that been for your success? Oh my God. In sobriety as well oh. as, you know, is work. Absolutely. And I think what the difference for me was like in a corporate environment, there's a lot of comparison, a lot of like feeling not enough. And the conversations in my workplace were never about mental health or like sharing a story when you come into a space, like, here's what I just dealt with this morning as a mom of two. It's a miracle. I'm here, but I'm here and I'm ready to start the day. So that's what happens at modern well people. And it's moments of these, just like, Oh, I hear you. I feel you. The vulnerability 
in that space has allowed me to move past that and feel supported mm -hmm. and then just get into the work versus this, you know, heavy hanging like um, thing that I always found in the corporate environment of just like not enoughness. And yeah. it's, it's transformed me and how I show up. And um, I wouldn't, I mean, I just, I feel like I wouldn't be in this position of growth today had I not seen it modeled daily, because I also yeah. know the struggles those women have been through. And so it just yeah. takes away all of the excuses to say, well, they have this, they have that. No, we all have something. And the more that we talk about it, and again, with sobriety, it's not like, you know, a lot of the women there are necessarily sober, but the sure. challenges and how we deal with things are so clearly spelled out. And I also get kind of personal just gratification um, and satisfaction from being able to support other women, right? As they're newly coming yeah. in and experiencing that kind of space. It's cool. Exactly. And that's what I was going to say too, is I think it's the coolest opportunity for women to, you know, of course, online, we meet each other. I meet you, whatever we can connect online, but sometimes physically can't be there, but you have people that are physically there that you can reach mm -hmm. out to and that, you know, you, you plan an event, they can come mm -hmm. like you've got a built-in support group that's physically in your space. And of course, not everyone's from the same neighborhood, not everyone's from mm -hmm. the same part of town or kids are different ages, whatever. But when you come to Modern Wow and you come to this co-working space, you all have that thing in common. You all want something that you're going after or that you want something that's a, a, a place where you feel part of something, where you can be yourself, you can you know, have people to talk to. I know that you appreciate it. And I know that you're not at all taking it for granted, the, the community that you have in the women at Modern Well, because of what you get that you can't find maybe, you know, in your neighborhood, walking down the street or, you know, you, your kids' activities, the parents, everyone's got something going on and you need to find the people, I think, in your life that can be uh, that support system that you can reach out to whenever you need it. And I think yeah. that's so huge. What, what, whatever that is, whatever it's, if it's a sober journey, if it's an entrepreneurship journey, whether that's, you know, moms just trying to get through toddler, you know, life, whatever that is. Um, yeah, I think that's huge. I, I just, it's huge. I love that space for you. Yeah. And I think the difference that I landed on quite some time ago was, you know, at home, you know, I, my business was very narrowly focused as kind of like a freelancer mindset. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I got mm -hmm. to sure. modern well and I'm like purpose, right? So yes. infusing purpose, thinking broadly, uh, it just naturally kind of happens there. And then I also, one cool thing I landed upon was I didn't need to do as much networking and all these networking events. Literally, I get a connection yeah. at the water cooler over a two minute conversation. And that's, yeah. that to me is efficient for a small business owner. It's organic. It's the exact way that I want to build relationships in my personal and professional life. So I can't say enough about how critical that has um, environment has been to shaping, you know, all of the things I have going on today. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, how did it play a part in those other projects? Or is it be was it a culmination of people that you've met there? Or is it something that came from just working there and getting more creative and more, you know, inventive. Yeah. I in, think I should say innovative. Yeah. In your, in your mindset. Absolutely. I think um, the innovation piece was huge as seeing that model to me by other women. Um, mm -hmm. Like, you know, I think of all the groups that would meet there in the conference room and I would kind of, you know, be in the space working and be like, what's that all about? It's like this curiosity. And I can, sure. I can say that, 
you know, years ago, five some years ago, I never would have thought of like creating my own personal brand. But that has been something that no brainer immediately stepped into when I felt like the time was right, had no hesitations. And like, to me, that says I've grown so much (laughs) from five plus Mm -hmm. years ago, where I was still just trying to get out of this smallness of like, narrow lens of what's possible. And that has opened up. And I'm like, fearless about that now. I'm like, what's the worst that could happen start my own brand. And um, actually, you know, everything is connected to doing the next right thing. And it doesn't have to be so prescriptive and thought out, you can just put your ideas into the world and um, continue to move things forward. Yeah. It's almost like you've opened up a valve yeah. and it's like the ideas flow and just, <laughs> there's no more blockages. There's no more stopping. It's just the go. Yeah. And do you think that comes with age too, a little bit for you? Like, I know you and I are roughly the same age. Um, do you feel like age has been an, a factor in some of these things too? Yes, for sure. It's such a, like a listening to your inner, you know, your intuition and what your inner mm-hmm. voice that has taken me so long because I have just stuffed that down for so many years. I never mm-hmm. listened to that. I'd be like, that's mm-hmm. not what I'm supposed to do. And right. there's always going to be people telling you, I want, you know, you should be going in this path. And it's like, now I have this tremendous level of confidence where I'm like, thanks for your insight, but nope, I'm good. And yeah. I know what to listen to. And it, it does detract from your energy. If you're so focused on what the outside world is wanting of you or telling you what to do. And I protect that pretty fiercely now. Yeah. And you know, I think once you get a taste of it, you're like, oh, wait, I can never go back right, to that right. old way of thinking. There's no way. Like it's like trying to shove me back in a small box. Right. It's not going to happen. Yeah. We've, we've now, you know, we've grown yes. and we don't, we no longer fit in that small box. Yes. Right. Right. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, now you did something, I don't, I, I don't try to think of the timeline of some of these things, but I think you did something super cool for your 50th birthday. Cause we're talking about age. Let's just go right there. Tell me how this started and what it was, what you did. And, um, kind of, I just think this is so awesome. I mean, you kind of did two parter, like I'm talking about like the trip to Mexico and then your, and then your big celebration yeah. that you had. So can, tell me about how you celebrated your 50th birthday. Yeah. Um, let's, let's back up to January. So mid January of 2022, I always choose a one word for the year. And that word was nurture and my family mm-hmm. and every, you know, was like, sweet. Does that mean we're going to, you know, get all this extra love and attention? I'm like, no, it's actually about nurture me this year. Yeah. And that yeah. came from a place of, you know, how cool that I can do that and not feel selfish about that. Um, mm-hmm. The timing on many levels felt a right that I needed to step into purpose in this 50th year for whatever reason. So it really started with submitting a TEDx application to be a speaker. Okay. Um, That was mid-January, and I can share a little bit more about how that evolved. But then this trip to Mexico was also planned, which is was a pilgrimage to see the monarchs. And the butterfly has been a symbol, like a symbol of really, um, you know, transformation, right? Sure. And so to see that and experience that and keep moving through it, that was in February. I kind of landed on this idea that. I'm going to make my 50th. Like I've never done that before. I've never thrown a party for myself. And I I was like, I need to step into this because not only did it allow me a chance to celebrate, the other component to it was modeling what a non-alcoholic celebratory, amazing experience looked like. So instead of like, I I was like, Ooh, is it right to like celebrate yourself in this huge way? And, 
Um, what I started leaning into is again, like I have to model this. People need to see that I have, you know, created this healthy life of sobriety at eight years. And I wanted to share that and model it. And so that was kind of the lean into for the 50th, which was June 28th at Modern Well, of course, there's Mm -hmm. no doubt it would be in that place. And then we had launched Zero Proof Collective in March. So the whole concept was to model these amazing non-alcoholic cocktails that were low in sugar, tasted amazing, and not even offer any alcohol. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. So that kind of, you know, that was 50 and the year continues to be just Mm -hmm. amazing and filled with things that have come from all of those things set in motion. So tell me about the trip to Mexico just for a hot second, because I think that's something I wanted to do Mm -hmm. is like a solo retreat. And I just, time got away. My kids play baseball and it just becomes a kind of a a lot. And I know I always could say no, but I don't want to miss anything because I know time is fleeting and someday those days will be gone. So I'm trying to, you know, justify maybe not doing something. Mm -hmm. I just didn't plan well. I had 2020 and then 2021 felt like an extension for 2020 and then boom, Mm -hmm. here it is. I'm like, oh wait, I have nothing planned. Mm -hmm. But I just digress back to, I want to talk to you about that trip because it was a solo trip. How did you find this trip? Like, who was there, were there with you? Was it a women's? It was like a group trip. It wasn't just you. It was right. other women with you. Yeah. And how was that? Like, I want to talk about that impact as well. Oh my gosh. Um, yes. So I had mentioned in August of 2021, I launched my personal brand, Jen Gilhoy. Yep. Butterfly yep. Yeah. is the logo yep. and theme. And so sure. that month, I received an invitation in the e- in the mail with a butterfly like the sticker and this beautiful butterfly. Before I even opened it, it was from Rachel Greenhouse, who is a marketing person in our community that, you know, we, we've had a working relationship over the last five years. And I thought, whatever this is, I'm in. Mm-hmm. I opened it and it was a, you know, beautifully designed, handwritten invitation to come on this journey with 10 plus women. And the only person I would be guaranteed to know was Rachel. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't hesitate. I was like, it was affordable. The down payment was coming up in a month. I was like, what, what would stop me from doing this? And I took, I took the leap then. So that was in August, knowing the trip was six months out and I could kind of wrap my head around getting into the space of, you know, not knowing these, I think we ended up with maybe 14 total women that went on this trip. And I really only knew Rachel. And then, you know, we started to connect once we got there, but that was also a cool thing to not necessarily go on a trip with college or high school friends that know your whole life story. I was able to kind of be in this space and just be so present because of that. Like no one knew my history. Mm -hmm. No one knew where I was Mm -hmm. at. And it was 10 days and we traveled to three different locations. So the Monarch, you know, journey to visit the Monarchs was the the pinnacle of it. But we also Mm -hmm. spent, you know, 10 days traveling with this group, Um, colonial Mexico, and they're going again in February. So you could totally Mm -hmm. go. I think you should. Um, I'll connect you with Rachel after. And, you know, Rachel has partnered with Terry Summer and she's an amazing photographer. So the cool thing about this is you weren't in your phone and worried about capturing stuff. Like as a mom, we were all like reveling and, oh my God, you know, first of all, I'm never in any of the family vacation pictures. And secondly, (laughs) I got to be attached to my phone, like taking photos. And Terry had probably... I don't know, 3000 photos from the 10 days that were, that's, 
amazing and of you in the experience, which was like this yeah. whole next level of yeah. traveling yeah. and journaling and taking in the experience that felt just so special. It was, it was fantastic. I'd recommend it to anyone. <laughs> you could put the link very, in the show cool. notes. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to do that. That would be so cool. And I think you mentioned this about going with strangers, mm. something about that I think is very, very empowering number one, but liberating too, like you said, because other people know your old story. <laughs> and when you want to like really kind of dive into something and kind of go deeper, you got to kind of get rid of all that other stuff. And I think mm. you can really open up about the things that really matter in those kind of situations, because you're with a bunch of people that have, like I said, no idea who you are. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I mean, you're all there for a reason, right? right? You're all there to, to experience something on a, on a intense level. Mm-hmm. And to see that in like the whole deal and to see them all where they're supposed to be, that'd be so powerful. Absolutely. And this idea of giving yourself grace. So I felt, I've always felt a little behind in life because alcohol kept me small. Right. So I felt like I was in a cocoon phase literally and like giving myself grace for, you know, when I started my business and being in the space of like very inner, the inner work and people, you know, society doesn't always like that. They're like, we want to know you have energy and things going on. You're like, nope, I am in this internal place that is so critical right now. Massive transformation is happening. And that's literally what I have experience this year. Like my birthday was like the opening of that and the TEDx, you know, everything is just like, and I had friends that are just like, you know, Jen, it's your time to fly. Yeah. Yeah. I get it, honey. And I, I think that that birthday party you had was such a great, just visualization of that process. Mm -hmm. I watched the pictures and I watched the Instagram and I saw it. I was like, Oh gosh, I wish I could have been there, but it just was this amazing like visual representation of what you're doing right now. Yeah. Because uh, if you want to explain the kind of what you you had a theme, mm-hmm. basically is the butterflies mm-hmm. again. Tell us about the party a little bit. Like what you had, obviously you had the Zero Proof Collective, you mm-hmm. had non-alcoholic, um, but you had kind of a sober, not somber hashtag yeah. that you talked about, right? Yeah. And that's something I think that's a huge piece. Like everyone thinks, oh, you're not drinking. You're going to be boring. You're no fun. <laughs> like actually I think I'm, I'm – if you gave me a soda water with lime and I walked around a party, you would never know mm-hmm. if I was drinking or not. Like, I feel like now I'm so comfortable and so outgoing in a situation because I've had that understanding that I am okay without alcohol and I'm totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's super important for people to see that. And, uh, I love the fact that you have a hashtag for it, sober, not somber, yeah. because that's exactly it. I got to get rid of that, that dumb, I don't know what that is about this idea that, to have fun, you have to have alcohol. And so tell me a little bit about the party a little bit and kind of how you set the theme up and, and, and what, and you know, who you had there. Yeah. If you had like a little, uh, kind of a, an agenda at your party or was it just <laughs> coming, coming together to have fun or, you know, tell us about the party. Yeah. A little bit. It's almost like I timed my birthday perfectly, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the sober, not somber hashtag and thought arrived probably five, some years ago when I, you know, had kind of outgrown AA and wanted to step out of the church basements and was like, why isn't anybody shouting about the amazingness of a sober life? And that's, Mm -hmm. we can connect back to dissonance, but dissonance was the first group that I, um, community that I embraced when I saw that I could be at a coffee shop, I could do a sober happy hour and be out in my community. 
And so mm-hmm. that is a distinction because, you know, the AA mantra and that community was amazing for like first three years for me. But then I wanted to reclaim these social spaces and experiences. Sure. And I'm like, why isn't sure. anyone else that is sober like asking about, you know, the, creating that? And so it really led, you know, me to kind of go back to this, okay, sober, not somber. And it's an attitude. It's a shattering of the stigma that, and, and ironically, you know, with just the one letter difference, it looks can look the same in a public space, but it is inherently very different. And the attitude that even, you know, people in recovery or those who choose not to drink need to step into. It's not anything to be ashamed of. I mean, we're doing amazing things for our life, yet in most social spaces, people are like, why aren't you drinking? Oh, she must have, she must have a problem. And it's so needs to so be flipped. And that's, that's the core of my work in the sober space is changing social spaces and shattering that stigma. So the birthday was really a way to demonstrate um, how that could happen. And the cool piece of that was, you know, there were people that were sober. I would say maybe a third of the attendees were from the sober community. The rest were modern well and people who occasionally drink and everyone was down for just testing it out. And then also what I did was kind of preview my TEDx talk. So at that time I had been accepted, you know, out of 160 some applications, there were 40 that did like a three minute presentation in April. So I had just found out in May that I was going forward with 11, 10 others um, in October. And so I used that little three minute audition that had to be memorized and delivered. And I shared that. So that was kind of the core of the, you know, it's like a birthday party and I'm making it like this, you know, panel and event, but (laughs) right. It's like, people need to know they were curious and we, you know, spent time doing that. We had live music, we had amazing food and obviously the beverages and yeah. So that's kind of, that's how everything kind of wrapped up under that hashtag. (laughs) I love it. And so Zero Proof Collective is uh, about creating events yeah, that are sober only events, right? Well, let I'll back up a little bit because um, we, from what my business partner Kate Faulkner and I know, is that at the national level, there's not really a business focused group that is community. And so the essence of Zero Proof was bringing together people in the restaurant industry, in the maker industry, sure. in the corporate spaces, people that you know, saw a need to make a change, but didn't have enough voice in their own kind of circles to do that. And what we started doing was just having monthly events. And then those Mm -hmm. people like a maker would connect with a restaurant and then get a decent NA option on the menu. So we really were, and this is so true, Hallie, to like how I, what I've seen modeled at Modern Wealth. It's not about me. It's about for me, I'm a connector. So it made sense to not like create a product or get into like a consulting right away, but more about just bringing community together. And it's like that, that has been amazing to see and to have like those at the national level kind of look to what we're creating because it takes so, so many different approaches and angles and people in different industries to pay attention to what we think you know, the messaging should be right now for our social spaces. Yep. It's not, it's just not there. It's, uh, it needs a lot of work and attention. And the way that we can do that is to come together. And so yeah. one of the side, you know, models of that is, is showcasing how Zero Proof Collective can do an event 
Um, but the core of it is community. So is there a talk about expanding that to other cities, like you're talking about it all, like expanding to other cities or trying to get people to, mm -hmm. you know, take this up? Yeah, at it's, all? It's, this up? it's so cool at the national level. So one of the main conversations has been creating a non-alcoholic brick and mortar space, you know, just that idea and a community around yeah. that, which we've seen varying levels of success. It, it's not yeah. quite there yet. And then yeah. um, others around the country are doing amazing things. So the one thing that happened recently was Chicago AF, which is alcohol free, has been hosting events. They've gotten some media attention. They're bringing together the sober community for these experiences. Zero Proof is more right now of a, a top-down approach. So we want to affect restaurants. We want to affect okay. corporate spaces. Sure, um, got it. And not necessarily the sober community yet. They will definitely benefit from our efforts. But I think we're going to have partnerships. We are in partnership with you know people in New York, Chris um, of Sands Bar Academy in Austin, Texas, which is like a pillar of how you take mobile pop-ups for NA experiences nationally. So Awesome. Yeah, we're just we're really trying to stay focused in our lane um, and then see what expands from that. Yeah. And I, I'd love to see it it grow. And I think it's a, a fantastic yeah. model that other cities hadn't ne necessarily thought of or national groups. There's a non-alcoholic beverages industry group, which is more trades. Mm -hmm. So th yeah. this is like a blurred line, like everyone who cares about wanting to be part of this movement and make change can participate. Awesome. And I'll put all this stuff in the show notes okay. of links to it and people can read more about it and figure it out. Because if you're listening and you're part of that, mm -hmm. like in your city, you're part of the restaurant business, you're part of the, uh, you know, food and beverage industry, whatever, that you can take a look and see what they're yeah. doing. And maybe we can you know, model it in your city and start the process in your own city. Absolutely. And one thing that Kate and I are doing is consulting with restaurants. I mean, these amazing restaurants, you would think that have some idea of what non-alcoholic spirits taste like. They just don't, oh you know, they, and no fault to them, yes. but they are playing in their lane. They're working with a distributor that always brings them alcohol, um, alcoholic products, and they just don't know. So there's a massive education, like our first restaurant that we onboarded a couple weeks ago, we're going to be featuring dry January and what this collaboration with the restaurant looked like because they were open. They said, we have some NA options, but we just don't know what we don't know. We provided yeah. a tasting of these, you know, beverages across the country that were makers that we've partnered with. And now they have this great NA menu that we're going to model and put into the public space and then also get media and attention for it yeah, so that we yeah. can drive some change and create curiosity for other restaurant owners to say, I might not know this space because we've put NA cocktails on there that are high in sugar. We just don't know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And there's so many yeah. flavor profiles and the world of NA is just blown up. So yeah. Yeah. Well, how many times have you gone to like you know, a restaurant? And like, can I, I don't, you know, I'm sick of drinking. I, I've drank more water <laughs> since I've stopped drinking. I've drank a lot of water, but like even you know, um, I'm, I'm sick of a soda water and lime. I'm oh sick my gosh, of having like I, a, I have a couple, like a grape ugh, grapefruit and soda water, and the grapefruit's like not really grapefruit juice. It's like a pink liquid. I don't even know what it is. Doesn't taste like grapefruit. I'm like, ah, oh, okay. Just yeah. need a wine glass. I'll put water in a wine glass. I don't right. know. Whatever. Hallie. So that's funny because in my TED talk and how Kate and I talk about it is the club soda with lime is what we call the last resort. 
And, you know, (laughs) I mean, so many people in recovery or want that want to choose alcohol free have just been so beaten down with these experiences that are so painful that no one's asking. So part of our work is to give our community the language to ask to say, yeah, no, this is what I really want. Great that you have club soda with lime. You have this high, whatever, but here's what I want. Here's what it looks like. And, you know, it's a top, it's like this bottom, you know, up approach, top down, like meeting in the middle where consumers ask for it. And then we also are working with restaurants to slip them the NA menu first thing. Maybe it's just that they start with that versus like I was, I was at a restaurant with my 80 year old mother and my aunt and it was 10 AM on a Friday and the server bounces over. Hey, can we start with some Bloody Marys and mimosas? And I'm like, you got to read your audience and knowing to no fault to her, but maybe the owners are saying, let's really push, you know, the beverages, the alcoholic beverages, that's all happening. And I have such an awareness of all of that. So that's also a huge component of Zero Proof Collective. We're not coming to this angry. We are coming to this saying we all are in the same situation. We've been told lies about how alcohol is fun, glamorous, and benefits us. Let's start yeah. there. Like, let's have some yeah. empathy for the server, the you know, restaurant owners, the event planners, and just that's the place where we can start and then actually make some change. You touched briefly on the TED Talk. So that process, <laughs> and everybody, you know, the TED Talk, some people know about it, some people don't. This is a huge deal because like you said, there's an application process, there's like an audition. Tell okay, first I want to back up to like having the confidence to do this, to audition. Like where did that come from? Did you have something that like really pushed you, or was it something that just like you've always wanted to do this and finally mm-hmm. took it by you know? by the horns and did it or tell me about that, that whole pre process. Yeah. Um, it was never, and I make a vision board every year. Ted talk has never been on my vision board. Um, mm-hmm. and I think what it came for came from was launching my personal brand in August when this yep. opportunity, like I just happened to hear about in January came up, I had zero hesitation. I was like, I've got it. I've got it already. Like the application process took me hours. Whereas I know people take weeks putting it together, doing research. I was like, this is so telling of this is like the next right thing I need to do. And it was terrifying a bit in that I tend to be a little bit more introverted and I am not a public speaker, but I, again, leaned into the purpose of if not me, who like, I have a very unique viewpoint on this that I just, after talking about it for four plus years in my community, not a lot of people are willing to step out or just don't have the passion to. So it aligned perfectly, submitted, and then you wait, you wait while they review 160 some applications and got the call that I would be one of 40 to go forward and and present a three minute memorized audition and did that. You know, we kind of stepped on the red carpet, had a little trial run. And Mm -hmm. to your point of relevance, there were amazing people who presented out of that group of 40 timing. Yeah. And I have felt that all along. It's like this urgency pushing me forward. This has to happen now. If I thought "Mm, maybe in a year I'd be, you know, more ready I wouldn't have submitted. So I think it's also just very telling of like, not quite ready, but also the world needs it. Right. So, you know, stepping into that was huge. And that in total, a 10 month process 
from mid-January to, you know, October 29th when I delivered my talk. And so for all the editing, I think I had maybe 87 versions. I've recorded it hundreds of times. Had different, yeah. I, I think I did the coaching and the insight part from others really well. I didn't mm-hmm. open that up to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and I worked with, you know, an editor from Hazelden who knows the language of the sober community to make sure I got that right. Worked with a former TEDx speaker who... Um, whose husband also happened to have eight years of sobriety, personal vested interest in in my talk. And then someone who could help me with the movements and the expressions, which I, you know, not having any sort of public speaking training was like, oh, yeah, I need that. Um, And so the cool thing that happened after, you know, a month of memorization, when you step on the carpet, and I had been told this, but didn't fully believe it, that all of everything would kind of melt away and you'd have this amazing clarity. And that's exactly what happened. It was the coolest thing ever. Um, Yeah, it was really amazing and it was done. So they have to be 18 minutes or less. It was, I think I, you know, just under 17. And then it goes to the editing committee of TEDx Edina. So there's, you know, they have four some cameras on you. So it's, and you have slides. That's the other thing that I wasn't, I was like, gosh, do people do this with slides? I had very minimal touch with the slides and, um, you know, was able to kind of move through that in, I think, a good way. And then we see the the edited product. We get a chance to say yay or nay on that. And then it goes to TEDx um, International to be reviewed. And then they have all these sort of algorithms, I think, to determine what will be successful on the bigger platform. And you kind of get upvoted. And so... That will all be happening. Mm. I'm hoping by January one, of course, perfect timing for dry January. So it's, it's also great to have um, six to eight weeks to just be like, what just happened? Like process yeah. that and get ready yeah. for what potentially is next with the, the talk being more public. Yeah. So being on that stage in front of that <laughs> situation, what did that, you said like that moment of clarity, what did that feel like? Is there anything else you can compare it oh, to? Like, Yeah. I mean, the coolest thing about it was um, I knew I had tool, like I had tools before the talk, like amazing self, like I, that I had practiced. So sure. being in that uncomfortableness and being okay with it, like recognizing that's just adrenaline, that's just there to like make sure you yeah. do your best. Um, yep. uh, you know, movement, like dancing around a little bit before going out on stage and breathing, sure. like just really yeah. breathing. It's like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Plus the other piece of it was that it's all edited. The ultimate goal is to get your talk on an online platform. So it wasn't sure. necessarily to knock it out of the park, you know, and be absolutely perfect and everything with the one-on-one experience. So that was also very comforting to know you could kind of, you know, say something over just like a podcast you edit. That was hugely comforting. Yeah. So yeah. I leaned into that. And then the audience was completely, everything was dark. I couldn't see anyone okay. except for my my two children were sitting in this one row where somehow this soft light had just like landed on them. And it was the most mm. comforting, mm. I know, the most comforting thing ever. I just I yeah. could never have planned for that. So they sat in the right place. And I just felt like they were two little angels, like who have witnessed my story. You know, they're 17 yeah. and 19. And that's a, another theme I wasn't even able to get into on the TED talk is modeling this right for our children. Yeah. And God, how are they going to know how to 
you know, not drink if that's what we're doing. They see us and they, exactly. they repeat it. Yeah. And that's what I was going to ask you about this whole process. Cause I know, you know, your growth and your changing and what you're doing doesn't mean everybody else in your life has to, you hope that they want to continue and pursue a, you know, a life of personal development and growth and always moving towards the best version of themselves. We all hope that, but all we can do is work on ourselves. How has it impacted your family? With any purpose, once you step into it and are acutely aware of your work in the space, it becomes like everything around you kind of reflects back or shouts out to you when those things aren't aligned. And, you know, I think about 10 years of this entrepreneurial journey, like the idea of that, you know, iceberg and you see the top when someone's at their purpose, the work (laughs) to get to this place has literally been 10 years of evolution and stepping into that. So um, I think my kids seeing that because they see how hard I work, they see that I work at home a lot. Um, I've had to make some sacrifices, you know, going to their games and their activities because I've had work that I'm committed to. So to have them see the result of that feels like, you know, finally, because it does feel very, you know, you continue to tell people in your life, oh, I've got, you know, this really important work thing. And if they're not necessarily seeing you step into that or fulfill that, it becomes kind of empty or it was starting to feel that way. So it was amazing for them, um, for me and my kids to have that experience. And then I think what it also called out was a relationship with my husband, where we have talked about like, you know, he continues to drink as we call like a normie, right? And after eight years of being in a relationship where I'm not at all, and he chooses to, there are bound to be things that you need to work on to come together around like how different our lifestyles are. So I've also been going through that at the same time. But I think there's probably no other timing or other way to explain it than when you step into purpose and see what's possible. It's really hard to like stay in what is not aligned or not, if that makes sense. Totally. I 100% agree. And you hope that, um, you know, it's what you're doing is not a judgment of their activities. You also know, man, how amazing this is on this side of things. And you hope they get a chance to experience it for themselves. And all you can do is model it. And I think anything I've ever done, for sure, that was going to be hard or difficult or life-changing for me, I knew that it was worth it if my kids Mm. could benefit from it. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like to be going through this tough thing, you know, whether it's my health journey or getting sober or, you know, whatever that looks like, or trying to start a business or start a podcast. Like if I can do these things and I'm, you know, at an age where they're, in, they're at an age old enough to now get it, they mm-hmm. see it, they're almost adults and um, or some of them are adults because I got one left that's 17. Uh, and so that for me drives me in and a lot of things because I know that they're watching. We They've been watching for a very long time. And I, I the only thing I regret is not doing this sooner. Mm. So they had more of this in their life than you know, who I was previously before I did all this. But um, it also shows that, hey, it's never too late to yeah. to do what you need to do and want to do and live a life that you love. I, I've loved getting to know you. I've loved um, watching your journey. I am just really proud of you. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not, not necessarily my job to be proud of you, but as a friend, <laughs> I am. Um, I just, I love seeing what you're doing. And I think Aww. I'm just so, I know the, and I know the hurdles that you go, you know, have to jump over 
to do this work. And uh, I just know, want you to know it's not unnoticed by any means mm-hmm. from, from people from afar as well as close up. So I just, and that's a big reason why I wanted you to have in the podcast mm-hmm. is I think your story is so awesome. And I think that you, all the things you're a part of, you are following your heart and you're following what's in your soul and you're following what feels right and in, in alignment with you. Mm-hmm. And that's for you alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, it may not fit into the people around you and what they want right. for you. And that's okay because that's your, this isn't their life. This is right. your life and you're doing all the things that you feel that's right for you. So um, I love it. Thank you for sharing that. I'm extremely proud of you as well. And I've mm-hmm. seen you be very vulnerable on social, I mean, in person, but also sharing on social what what that looked like for you in your sober journey and mm-hmm. your choices. So I don't know who doesn't want more clarity in, in, in purpose and in focus in their life. I think that's something that the sober life has given me more than anything and just motivation. And I see that when obviously all the things that you're doing, you're more motivated than ever, obviously with all the things you're involved in. So I love it. Um, and I want to finish out real quick. I'll let you get going, but tell me that the one thing right now that's making you feel odd, uh, awake, well, and empowered. If there's anything you can narrow it down to. The one thing is the inner work that I've done on myself, being able to step into some of these really big things that are coming my way without much hesitation at all. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I just know like intuitively, like this is coming to me and I am not like second guessing it. And I have this, yeah, awakened feeling of these things are meant for me. These are the promises that were talked about, you know, 10 years ago when I started my journey that I was like, whatever. Um, this is mm-hmm. what it looks like. It's, it's absolutely yeah. amazing. And I, I feel this urgency and also just not wanting to be contained or put in any box anymore. And I had someone say to me the other day, you know, after finding out I was 50, they were like, Oh my God, you're just like reinventing yourself. Right? Yes. Why wouldn't we? Life is not over in many ways. It feels like it's just beginning. Just beginning. Right? I know. I know just we share beginning. that. Yeah. Oh, so much, so much. So I love it. So tell me what's coming up for you immediately. We can work, you know, what's an event? What are you a part of right now that we can direct people towards? And also where can people find you Mm -hmm. online? Yeah. So they can follow along. So coming up there, I would say with Zero Proof Collective, you're going to see us in the media, which Mm -hmm. is a reflection of the conversation we're talking about around changing drinking culture. So you're going to see us locally in some publications coming out in January, Um, So look for those um, in the Minneapolis area, but you can, I'll post everything. The best place to find me personally is at jengilhoy.com. And then I also Mm -hmm. have an Instagram account, which is jengilhoy. And then I just launched Sober Not Somber as an Instagram account to really move my, the sober journey and like the work that I'm doing into an intentional space there. I'm sure, you know, it's like, how do you, you know, change over, but that is happening. And then um, zero proof collective wants to, and we're in the process of creating a membership and then also um, happier hours. So modeling completely alcohol free events coming in January. Doing a love it. Yeah. Big work around dry January, being involved with the local media, making sure that the messaging is <laughs> around the change that's needed and not just putting a good NA drink on a menu yeah. while important, yeah. but it's bigger. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Jen, thank you again. I am so, so proud to be your friend. I just love seeing all the things you're doing. Love you. Love you. Thank you again for being here. I am so grateful for your time. And if you liked what you heard, 
please head to where you listen to podcasts, rate and review so we can be found by other people. Please share on Instagram, your social media channels, wherever else you go so we can reach as many people as possible so they can meet these amazing women and hear these conversations. If you'd like to connect further, you can find me over at my website at halliesawyer.com or on Instagram. I'm usually going to be at uh, Hallie underscore Sawyer or The Odd Life, which is this podcast specific Instagram account. All right. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you soon.